Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, amidst all the... Mad Tottenham chat. We uh, we had a good chat with Tom Rennie, um, a man we always bring in on a Monday to look back on the Premier League weekend, and he was good. Hurricane Rennie, we call him. Yes, he reason. takes no prisoners. Uh, we spoke to a man who has given up his job to play football manager full time. It's the dream, I'm sure, of so many of the listeners. He's also a part time wrestler. You know that? Yeah, uh, we had a chat, didn't yeah. we? And we had some uh, clips of the month. Clips of the month. Yeah, that's about right, isn't it? Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. You're right, we do look like the Black Theatre of Prague. Yeah, we've both turned up today in, in sort of identical black jumpers, don't we? We're going to go and do a mime act or don't something. We often do that. I'll do the hands up the wall. You can do carrying the balloon. Yeah, but, you know, we'd have to start ringing I'll, each other I in think the Tom's wearing black as well, I'm just saying. Well, you know, I'm wearing black for a good reason. Well. And that was before the news broke. Yeah, it was. Uh, it did feel like an end of day's performance. I'm... Mm. I was there at the weekend, obviously, and uh, it had that feel of AVB's last game against Liverpool and they got gubbed. I didn't see a way back. I've been quite surprised by the speed of change and the, the fact this morning poor old Ryan Mason wasn't trolled out again to paper over the cracks. They didn't say Ryan will be taking training while we look for a new manager. So it, it struck me that they yeah, maybe had found a new what, manager. Whatever you think of Daniel Levy, he's not an idiot. And he couldn't afford to have that same chase again where he gets knocked back. So they obviously had Conte in place. Yeah. I wonder if, they... the, I wonder if because, you know, to, to get Conte over the line with the options that he has, I wonder if those conversations probably started last week before the Manchester United game. They must have had an oh, item. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it is, I mean, it's a pretty... Ab- I mean, you do keep coming back to the thing that the amount of money we've spent paying off uh, managers and mm. their backroom teams could have been given to Maurizio Pochettino when he when he was still part of the process and, and, and enjoying the job. And he could have started that painful rebuild. Then we've spent so much money turning over managers and coaches. It just seems it just seems a wasted opportunity. It's crazy. This book will be good. There's a lot of naysayers, but I I know Conte is a brilliant league manager. Well, yeah, so and you're me- only five points off the the top fourth, you know, fourth place. And I think he can do something there. You know, you got Son, you got Kane, you got good players. The big you question know, though is goalies. what has changed? Why couldn't he be persuaded in the summer, and why can <clears> he be persuaded now? Probably money and also his own position where, you know, I think, for example, the Manchester United job, he must have been told that they're going to stick with Ole and it's not, they're not going to go for him. Otherwise, why would you, with a job so likely to come vacant? I mean, you know, he's got no margin of error, Ole. If they lose to Atlanta, if they lose to City, that job could be available next Monday. 
But I think he knows it's not going to be him. Yeah. And so, you know, Spurs, it's a wonderful stadium. It's a club in London. They've got a huge fan base. They've got one of the best strikers in the world, even though he's playing pathetically. He's still a great player. So there's a lot for a manager to get a hold of, especially a manager like Conte. I think he'll do a good job. So I've seen a lot of Tottenham fans have been calling Jim and worried about the, the, the style of football. So you you watch a lot of him under Chelsea. I, you know, what do you what do you make of the appointment then? He's an Italian manager, it was, you know, but... We, you don't care because we you, you're winning. You know, the first year you won the the league, second year you won the cup. Yeah. So what are you going to say? You can't say anything. Yeah, at times of football wasn't particularly great, but that does you know in the end it, it is about winning. I think as much as anything, you know. So I don't remember the football being that bad. I it saw it wasn't as play. bad as sorry, but it was all right. I don't remember. It wasn't sparkling. It was good enough, you know. But it, it's you didn't come away thinking, oh, I love watching this. It's but that didn't matter. It wasn't that wasn't the point. And anyway, com- sorry, compared to him, was terrible. So yeah, he's a good manager, and he'll do a good job at at, uh, at Tottenham, I think. Anyway, and uh, talking of managers, though, <coughs> it's good to see that uh, match of the day actually had a graphic of Ralph and his manager's jacket, and mm. he went back to his sort of skiing gear. So it's more Ralph. Helly Hansen Hootle. Oh, that's nice. Ralph Helly Hansen Hootle. Yeah, has he gone back to that gear? Has he, has he done away with the? Has he done away with the assistant manager of a Tyrolean resort? Has he done away with that look? No, I think it's, he's gone back to that. It's a bit more, yeah, yeah a bit more apres ski. I would have yeah. said. And uh, you can see him because when he's on the touchline, I can always imagine him saying, "Your room will be ready in ten minutes." I do a, have a coffee on us. Go, go into the bar, complimentary drink from the bar while we get your room ready. Glue vine. Yeah. no problem. And uh, Chelsea are playing. Playing Arsenal in the Women's FA Cup final. They both got through their semi-finals. Yes, I saw that, yeah. We'll be all right as long as... Uh, I don't think Anthony Taylor can ref that game, so we'll be OK. <laughs> Antoinette Taylor, I believe, his sister, will be stepping up to do that game <laughs> and sending a few Chelsea players yeah. off. <clears throat> so, yeah, we're going to keep an eye on what happens this afternoon. It seems that this uh, Conte deal is moving on a pace. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest, much like uh, our old friend <clears throat> Crackers was very sceptical, Sam, what, <clears throat> what in the <clears throat> last 20 years makes you think that Antonio Conte would come to Spurs um, and because the feeling is that he wouldn't get that sort of uh, financial support that he expects as a manager to spend on players from uh, the current hierarchy at mm. Tottenham but he must have had certain guarantees because he won't do the job with one hand tied behind his back no but uh, they won't spend a lot in January whatever happens is it's all about next summer you know, and, and getting as high and qualifying for yeah. Europe and all that sort of stuff. And an 18-month deal. I mean, the first story that broke this morning was that he wanted a long-term deal. It was going to be three mm. years. Now the understanding is it's <clears> it, it's 18 yeah. months, and maybe with a view to extending, or is 18 months about all you can take of Conte, Andy? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are going to be players, it's going to be very interesting, because <clears throat> there are going to be players there that will respond to his uh, techniques. And uh, as Danny Murphy was saying, he spoke to some of the Chelsea boys when he was there, and... They said it was hard work, really, really hard work. Um, you know, you see the benefits of it with, with your trophies and your medals, but yeah. it's a slog. And I think there's certain players there <clears> that <throat> it could become a bit of a culture shock to put it that way. There's players like Regulon and uh, Emerson and um, yeah. and players like that, and maybe even Winks, players like that that are sort of starting to feel I've got a chance now. Uh, certainly Hoybier that will respond, but there'll be players there that I think yeah. probably won't like <clears> the regime. But he's got a method. He knows what he's doing, and he'll instill that into Tottenham yeah. and they will improve they'll play three at the back <coughs> yeah that's where most of his oh, success has come three at the back um, yeah definitely and certainly at Inter where he was yeah. really effective and, and at Chelsea you know he's yeah. a very successful manager yeah. you know I saw a Manchester United uh, fan, a friend of mine after the game and I thought I was expecting him to crow and he said I'm gutted 
he said. Yeah. He said, I, I wanted it over and done with today. Yeah, all the other, and managers, managers, all the other fans are delighted that United won. They'll go on a little run now, United. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they beat City on the The weekend. thing is, um, you know, you're only one result away from disaster at a big club, as we've seen. So yeah. if they were to lose to Atalanta tomorrow and they were to get gubbed by City... Well, then it might be a bit more difficult. Then suddenly, I mean, that's why I'm wondering why Conte saying... Can I let you know next Sunday no, because evening? because he's been told I'll just hold off the job. to next Sunday <laughs> evening. I've seen a couple of Manchester United fans getting in touch saying, <laughs> we've blown this chance, we shouldn't have done it. We should have been bolder and we should have, if Tottenham are going to get Conte, we've missed the trick. But anyway. Um, yeah, well, that's true. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us in the studio now, it's on a whistle-stop tour of uh, the Premier League weekend. Mm. Is uh, commentator broadcaster Tom Rennie. Good afternoon, Tom. Hey, great to be back. Are you okay today? Yeah, well, Are you happy? Are you I'm, sad? I'm, I'm, well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit confused. I was, as I saw Sam Matterface after. I was kind of wandering the streets in a daze, and he, he had to put an arm around me and take me for a pint. I was, I was in a bad Put one of those silver blankets over you. It was, it, come on, got, come in the car. Got a Mars bar and got me calves massaged. It was, uh, it's been a mad uh, sort of. 24 or so hours, yeah. but it do- doesn't now look like it was uh, Conte. Let's just sort of preside over the dying embers of Nuno. You were there yeah. uh, working at the game on uh, It was a truly shocking performance. It, it? it was a diabolical performance, but look, the game itself was two teams who set up not to lose a game, right? Yeah. And Man United went into that game and they did what all managers do, and I would say quite rightly, the result bears that fruit out, that Let's not concede a goal here. And we'll try and not one to Ronaldo and get the goal, which they did. Goal was sublime. But from the moment that goal went in, it was almost like the, the atmosphere drained from the stadium, the, the strength drained from the legs of the players, and no one seemed to know what they were doing at that point. There was no plan of attack. Mm. Uh, and it, 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 Tottenham's plan of attack at the moment, basically, is Harry Kane drops off 40 yards from goal, Son makes a run, and he tries to pick him out. And sometimes he can, because his passing is so incredible through yep. those lines and in those gaps. But when that doesn't work, what's the next thing? And the mad thing about the game was, 
Lucas Moura was Tottenham's best player. Sure. And I don't think it was close either. Like, he was the man trying to make things happen. Not saying he was incredible, mm. but he looked like he wanted to be there. And then when the Bergwijn number came up, it, it was... It was one of those weird scenarios where everyone went through those five stages of grief in a very quick space of time. <laughs> and like it was, it was confusion, it was anger, then suddenly, ah, oh, well, we'll accept it. We've got no idea what's going on. It made no sense. And who knows which one's more and which one's Bergwijn at this point. Who knows who plays where and what they do because they don't seem to be told what they are doing. Look, Nuno and was Le a poor Cel- appointment. Le Celso was struggling as well. Yeah. The Celso's ball through when Song wanted that into his oh, path. Yes. I mean, that was there was moments in the game when it was 0-0, when it was 1-0, when Spurs were in it because Man United were equally as poor. Mm. They didn't capitalise on it. And there was a point at 2-0 where it was sort of back with Lloris and you could hear the crowd going, what's happening? Are we yeah. winning? Yeah. What, what, what's going on here? There was no there was no emphasis to try and get forward. It looked like a team who knew their manager was about to get sacked, yeah. is what it looked like. It was very similar to the action in the West Ham game where they went one behind. They kept playing in front of West Ham. They kept playing in front of Manchester United. There was no effort to break the lines. The thing that annoyed me so much was that uh, within 20 minutes, Maguire and Shaw were on yellow cards. Yeah. And you thought, get after them. I mean, even before the kickoff, Regulon maybe dropped because he was, you know, he was in the the, the bad books with Nuno for giving up the the corner that led to the West Ham goal. You wouldn't play Davis in that game. You'd get after Manchester yeah. United. Their I love Davis' leap for the goal. It wasn't exactly Michael Jordan, was it? It wasn't. <laughs> no uh, hang time. I mean, so, so much of it was appalling, and I, I don't think there's anyone going to come on here today and defend Nuno's job. He's done a perfectly acceptable... I think he's done an average job. I don't think it was appalling. There are a couple of points off the top four at the moment. Five wins. They've beaten C. It's been all right. Also, some really terrible performances. The Arsenal game I was at, they were awful. Yeah. West Ham game, they were awful. Yesterday, they were awful. So, I'm not going to sit here and defend him. However, 17 games, 10 in the league, and he was there for four months after a three-month search before that for a manager. So in seven mm. months, they decided that mm. getting rid of Mourinho and replacing him with little Mourinho was not a good idea. But what would have been the reason to have kept him? I could see no reason at the weekend. I mean, something in you says, oh, come on, you've got to give a guy more time well, than only, that. The only reason but to keep you... him would be the cost of paying him off and the fact that you're still quite away from the transfer window. So you could have justified possibly sacking him in but December. Where will you be at that point? But the reason to keep him was they obviously got... If you're going to hire someone for any job, You've got to have some faith in what they are going to do. And and you've got to surely accept in conversation with a new manager that it's going to take a period of time. Surely he said... I'm going to need till Christmas. There might be some bumps in the road. But see, I don't get that. I don't. This idea that that, you know his football is so revolutionary that it takes four or five months to get your heads around it. Tuchel came into Chelsea, yes, and made two changes. Put Rudiger and um, who did he stick at left back? Uh, The Alonso. Alonso put them in. He transformed the team. Yeah, but then that was the squad that was underperforming. Who could say that Spurs are underperforming? They're what? They're they're, they're upper mid table currently. They have been underperforming. Earlier on, you were talking about who they've got, and the answer is always well, they've got Kane, which they don't currently I don't know who they've got now some miserable number 10 and they've got Hong Min Son who else is there really you'd rely upon from what you well, saw Hoybear's a good player Hoybear is a perfectly keeper. average central midfield player Hugo Lloris with every passing year gets slightly worse though still a perfectly acceptable Premier League goalkeeper Eric Dyer. He wasn't getting the Come best on. out of that squad, was he? No. I mean, you can't go I don't think he was getting the best out of them without having a shot on target. No. The second half against West Ham, the second, first half against Burnley, no shots. I mean, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm feeling entitled that. I'd like to see a shot on no, target. No, like again, I'm not going to defend Nuno's job, but I would say if we went to that conversation when he got the job on the 1st mm. of July after seven managers, for whatever reason, didn't want to take it, you'd like to think he said, I'm not sure about this squad, I'm not sure about these players, you're not going to give me any money to spend, and there's going to be some bumps in the road. A couple of bumps in the road, which is what this is, terrible bumps, big bumps, you know, you've lost your fender in these ones, yeah. but they are still 
doing all right. They're doing all right. Not tragically bad. The issue is something has changed with Antonio Conte. You have to be able to see a way through it. You have to be able to see how it's going to improve based on what you're seeing. You look at his demeanour. You look at how, obviously, the players are responding to him. And sometimes, Chelsea have done it in the past, you have to cut your losses. You have to look at a situation and say, this isn't working. The players, they know who Conte is. He's going to come in there. His CV... Yeah, won the league with Chelsea in the first year. Well, they had that with Mourinho. Uh, you know, won the league with Inter Milan. You know, yeah, they but had in, that with Mourinho. No, because he won Serie A with Ashley Mourinho, Young. He's Mourinho, a genius. Mourinho clearly was past his sell by the yeah. This bloke is absolutely yeah. at his peak. And but that know, won't be enough. Reputation enough. Medals on the table. What he won won't be enough because that, that, that well, Tottenham it, dressing room has predominantly had that before and not responded. But improvement. There will be an improvement of performance by the weekend. They yeah. will. If he comes in today, if he comes in while you're on air, he gives three training sessions in the game. They will. Absolutely Kane is the key, though, for, isn't he? <laughs> Kane is the key. He's the Spurs yeah. talisman. The way he's playing, his attitude and his whole thing, yeah. it's not right and it's not good enough. And, you know, it's, it's up to Conte to turn that around. Yeah. I wonder if he'd drop him. He's a, he's a ref. He's a, well, the a best performance the season court. was the Man City game, right? Yeah, when sure. he wasn't even there. And mm. there's no point playing Harry Kane. He looks like Colin Firth in Love Actually when he gets home and finds that his brother's with Gareth, his, his I wife. I wouldn't pick him for the <laughs> next England Gareth won't do this, but I wouldn't pick him for the next England squad. I'd no. just say to him, look, get yourself right and then you can come back. But at the moment, yeah. what you're doing is not acceptable. It's interesting that Danny Murphy does feel he doesn't feel he's, he's, his head's not right and he's sulking and all that. He feels it's a purely a physical thing. His body's not doing what he wants it to do and that's manifesting itself in those performances. Yeah. But look, get we'll fit, move then. on. Yeah. We are going to come back to Tottenham. We're going to come back to Conte uh, later on. Let's Arsenal talk about playing well. We should, yeah. Arsenal are playing very well, aren't they? I, I mean, love the little glint in your eye when you said that to Paul. That was pretty yeah. nice. <laughs> but they, uh, it was, I mean, a great goalkeeper performance. I heard, yeah. I heard uh, Aaron Ramsdale on, on the station yesterday with Darren Bent and the yeah, guys. Good talker, isn't he? He's yeah, good very talker. good. And um, yeah, yeah I mean, Matt they, Scott is a very good judge of a keeper. And he said to mm. me that Ramsdale was a brilliant keeper. His stats are great. Because I did look what everybody else did. Looked at him at Sheffield United and Bournemouth and went, he's, he's not good, is he, this one? But he's... <laughs> he's, he's, he's I mean, he, he played. That was a, a tremendous virtuoso goalkeeping performance, and it's it is no stretch to say that without him, Leicester would have got something from that game. Mm. Multiple incredible saves, including mm. the save which Peter Schmeichel came out and said was one of the best mm. he's seen in some years. So look, he is a good goalkeeper. But again, it's the same as what I said to you last week. It's the Arsenal fan hype machine, right? As soon as he made that save within seconds, he's going to be the New England number one. I saw Mark Bosnich talking about it. Look, he made one great save, a selection of good saves. He is a good goalkeeper. They are doing well. But let's not go overboard with Arsenal on the but strength that, of that. But that is Arsenal all it's over. Ba- it's bad for Ramsdale. The way they celebrated the goal after five minutes, like it was a 95th minute winner, you go, that's pathetic. You've got a whole oh. game to go yet. But they, they did they all got out, the, though, so they, they got would the argue. Result. But they, they were good, they played well, and there's no negatives about it. But the trouble no. is, is they build them up so quickly. They're almost the embodiment of the British tabloids in some ways. They build them up in so fast a way. He's amazing, he's incredible. And then he'll drop one next, next week in Arsenal's next game, and suddenly it's all despair again. They get too high and they get mm. too low. It's good. It's going in the right direction. Follow the example of the manager. The manager is one of the most steady people in the game, Mikel Arteta. He never seems to be too excited, gets occasionally angry, but also never gets too low when they when they lose games. And that's what they need to be, Arsenal fans. And that'll be good for them. It'll be good for Ramsdale. Don't come on here and call in and say he's going to be the new England number one, because that's the worst possible thing that can happen to Aaron Ramsdale for me mm. at this point. Let's see him grow. Let's see him develop. Just calm yourself down. They're going down. well, though, that you have to say. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're Absolutely. Since those first three defeats are um, Villa West Ham we should have a look at that we'll yes we should West, we should talk about West Ham first uh, again another I mean we're kind of getting used to it now we're expecting to go to places like that and turn it on aren't we yeah I, there yeah. was a few comments yesterday which was West Ham are riding the crest of a wave and I would disagree with that I would suggest that over 18 months they've been a pretty consistent 
Premier League team. The performances mm. have been consistent. In fact, the team has been quite consistent. <clears> I think <throat> I'm right in saying no team in the Premier League has made less changes to their first team in the division than West Ham have this season. They've got lucky with injuries. You know, look at Brentford this weekend, six, seven players out. Look at the massive uh, impact that can have. Chelsea too, to a degree as well. It took them a long time to score against Newcastle, but West Ham aren't making changes. The team are looking very, very strong at the moment, and I expect them to go to places like Villa and win. And Liverpool on Sunday, they won't be favourites, but I think they'll give them a great, great game. Uh, and, and they'll probably win in the Europa League in midweek, get through in that group. Everything's going very, very well. And the thing is, as well, even if they get a little knock, Vladimir Kufal, who's probably been one of their best players for 18 months, Ben Johnson comes in, but they've been bedding him in slowly, 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 and suddenly he looks a Premier League player. Ben Rahman, they gave him a year to yeah. settle in, and suddenly he looks a Premier League player. has been very good. Fantastic. The interesting thing is that buying West Ham at the moment would be a so much better bet than buying Newcastle. Yeah. Even in 2023, when Golden Sullivan can sell without sort of tax penalty, then, you know, moving to Upton Park was a shame, but the London Stadium really has allowed them to be mount this challenge I think it's, give the, it's given them a profile to people who maybe didn't know the club previously and I don't think they would be in this position if they had stayed at the old ground and you know I don't want to open up those wounds to West Ham fans listening some love it some hate it but we are where we are and I think it's taken a period of time to settle into it but it's taken a team that win it's taken yeah. a team to, to win games and win well uh, and what David Moyes has done to the club, which is a basket case club, you know, people talk about Golden Sullivan, you know, it's always the conversation on Jim White, isn't it? You know, what's the situation <clears> with, with Golden Sullivan? And like, the question for me has never been a case of like nefarious ends and trying to make money. The question is competence. And they needed somebody with extreme running a football club competence to run that football club. And lo and behold, when they got someone who knew how to do it, we are now where we are. Wonder if they'd not gone down the vanity route and brought uh, Pellegrini and, he, and yeah. he'd been there from the start, where you would be now? Well, exactly. But also, the, I think that if David Moyes didn't go and come back again, when we had a bad run, I think people would be saying, get rid of him, get him out. It was the Pellegrini thing which almost showed everyone what a huge error that everybody had made. I yeah. think they needed that to give David Moyes this massive backing that he's now got. He's the first manager since Billich to get the actual, like, his name, Claret and Boami. Before that, it took 10 years. It was Redknapp, then it was Billich, uh, maybe Pardew a bit as well. But, you know, to say the manager's name now, I think that's a yeah. massive thing. Uh, and I think we all learned a lesson from that. Just before we go to the news, uh, should Villa fans be worried, you think, based on what you saw? I think that the issue is, and the elephant in the room is, they lost Jack Grealish. And, you know, they spent mm. a lot of money, but you don't replace players like that. And you certainly don't replace them in 10 games. I think they played five really good games this season. Five and John Terry games. left the backroom staff. John, they, yes, they exactly. Been more... There's been lots of changes there, but I wouldn't be overly worried about Aston Villa. They're going to finish upper mid-table. That's about what you would expect from Aston Villa. You know, 11, Have you seen 12, the next yeah. six games, though? Doing that next six games. next six games? Go on, hit me. Southampton. And Brighton and Palace, all teams in form. Winnable. I think you'll find. Winnable, though. Mm, yes, but four teams in a lot better form than Villa. Yeah. And then City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Um, yeah, not great. I, I, think, I think if you get six, seven points out of that, that's about Villa's tally. But I think, you know, the main point from yesterday's game was that I'm, be all right. I'm, I'm amazed to see how many people don't think that Esri Consa should have been sent off. And I, I still yeah. can't believe quite how Courtney Horse didn't get sent off for a forearm smash. It was yeah. baffling to they me. They both, both should have been sent off, yeah. really. They can't do that. Well, come on to Fabianski's that. save at 2-1, though, was crucial. Uh, yeah, reaction yeah, to back. Is. I never uh, doubted him. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're looking back over the Premier League weekend with a broadcast and commentator Tom Rennie. Um, let's have a look at uh, the other game yesterday, Norwich versus mm. Leeds. Um, what did we read into a bit of a turning point for them? Yeah, I think Leeds just had to win. They just had to win in some way or other. And they win games by giving the ball to Rafinha and making him do something for them. And that's how the first goal came. Uh, and that's how everything good about Leeds currently comes. They still look like a side that are in desperate need of their first team to come back. They look like they need a rejuvenation of one or two players. They're desperately in need of Patrick Bamford. But it was a very, very important win. But... 
Everyone is going to beat Norwich. Like, everyone's going to beat them. I've seen so many think pieces this week about, no, 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 the thing I'm always talking to you two about, about them being accepting of relegation. You know, no, we're not. We plan for the Premier League. I mean, Ozan Kabak, please. Josh Sargent, please. You know, these are poor footballers. At the end of the day, they don't have a single Premier League player within their squad. I'm and that sees you get relegated. I'm fascinated by Farker because he, doesn't he think to himself that Tuchel's a better manager than him, which he is plainly and yeah. obviously. He thought Gilmore was good enough to play for Chelsea at City in a very crucial game yeah. and Gilmore was brilliant. You know, you saw him in the summer. How can he not get in that team? They're it doesn't pathetic. make sense. It, it, it doesn't no make sense. sense but it can all. only be it can only be something that, that we couldn't possibly know, which is some sort of personal fallout. I don't know Billy Gilmore personally, maybe he's a terrible man. Him. I don't know. What, but what good's that loan doing? There's no point of him being there, but there's no the point of him not being the Norwich team. But at this point in time, I do feel very sorry for Norwich fans if this is not something they're on board with. Because the squad itself, if they think they've bought Premier League quality players to stay up, then I question anyone involved in recruitment at Norwich City. Not a single one of them. Did they not watch Kabak? At mm. Schalke or Liverpool, no, the guy's atrocious. I'm sorry. That's not acceptable <laughs> to sign someone like that and think you're going to stay up. You shouldn't come up and be looking at Grant Hanley to be your number one centre-half. But Ozan Kabak has come into like number two him. It makes no sense. Mm. They've bought poor players. They've recruited poorly. And you can't say, you know, the gap is massive, but people can buy good players. Everything mm. they've bought is rubbish. And, of course, they're going to go down. I'm not sure Farker matters at this point. Tim Kroll is still in goal for them. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, a, bit of a, a bit of a rick mm. yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, One it under the rick. body. Um, so, and, and Newcastle as yeah, well. Yeah, we, we I, I do Newcastle. think... You know, Huge trouble. Huge trouble. How many points will they have by the time the transfer window opens? I and mean, will whoever's managed them, will he have a chance to even... Uh, they look To me, they look awesome. Well, what a great Probably question. Real, uh, who is going to manage them? Like, Tottenham are going to have sacked their manager and brought somebody in by the time that Newcastle are still mulling it over. All this, like, we're going to get Eric Ten Hag. What are you talking about? <laughs> He's going to go, no one wants to touch Newcastle of that calibre at this point because of the points tally you mentioned. Uh, and the way they played against Chelsea was pitiful. Like, it was absolutely pitiful. And Chelsea are better than them, but they've got their injury issues. No Lukaku, no Werner, several others missing. Mm. And without getting out of second gear, they won with ease. You know, at least Brentford gave them a bit of a working over a couple of weeks ago, Chelsea, oh, yeah, and they absolutely. still went on to win it. What on earth were Newcastle trying to do? And there's no out ball, there's no confidence. I don't know any individual player who can carry the ball upfield for them apart from Son Maximan, but he was receiving the ball midway inside his own half. Mm. They were hoping for a nil-nil, weren't they? Desperately, it, yeah. desperately. It was, it was, it was pitiful. Negative, really. But I tell you what, I, I love to see the pictures of Steve Bruce out watching the cricket. Fantastic. Yeah. He looks you know, like a man who's just picked up he looks, eight million He looks like ten away. years younger. <laughs> Give me that it's sweet, it, sweet payoff. Like Fantastic. <laughs> oil of Ole. He's been bathing in it for two weeks. <laughs> he looks so good. Yeah, tweet him now, Newcastle fans. Him now. <laughs> he won't mind. Incredible. Unai Emery, apparently, we're going to talk about this with Andy yeah. Brassel a little bit later on, but he's been lined up. No, but not now, though, Newcastle. right? Like, I mean, I look forward to listening to it, but surely not now. I mean, Emery's already made one career mistake. He's not going to make another one, is he? He's got a Newcastle <laughs> right now. He's done well at Villarreal, and they're going to try and buy him out of the contract, apparently. Yeah. So we'll it, but if you were Unai Emery, the answer would be no, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, surely. Why would, would you take it right so. now? Who is going to take it? You've, you've, got, to no be the, you've got to be the second man in at Newcastle. You don't want to be the first Very true. I don't think. Um, we should, well, we should mention the Reese James goals, by the way. Just yeah. briefly, they were incredible, weren't incredible. they? Both He's amazing great. finishes. You can see why Livermento left because I he mean, couldn't see a pathway past James. But Chelsea turn out right backs like 
Ford and Dagenham were turning out escorts well, in the eighties. Well, Incredible, well, Lamptey was seen, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Seen off a lot so of good. good. But yeah. we haven't talked uh, with the two games really: City, Palace, Liverpool, Brighton. What yeah. a great win for Palace! Yeah, but what, a great performance. We've done Palace a few times now, right? When, yeah. when every week we seem to come in here and talk about how good Conor Gallagher has been. Another of these midfielders who've realised that midfield is both jobs. Mm. You know, it stopped being both jobs for about ten years, and suddenly you've got Conor Gallagher and Declan Rice and a few others who are like, hold on, I hope Chelsea I've got to defend and attack. Can find room for him. I'd, I'd, be, sh- I'd be a shame if he goes. I, I just hope he, he plays. He's good enough for, for Chelsea. I think. I think he's good enough to play for Chelsea. I think he's, he's, he looks to me of the level of Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who I think is really good, actually. But I think they're equivalent mm. players in terms of what they can bring. Um, but I just hope he's playing football somewhere. And I like what Chelsea are doing right now. Some players are being sold, some players are being loaned out. But the question is, and the players are asking the, the guys who run this mm. lone legion, am I going to play? Great, well, I want to play. How do you facilitate that for me? Mm. They don't need players bombed out on the bench mm. or whatever. They just find a, a place to, to, to get them to play. And that's the Gilmore question, right? They will recall him. Because all they want is their players to be playing. And Conor Gallagher has benefited from it. Struggled at West Brom last year. Looked fantastic. But so did Zahar. So did Elise. Mm. The amount of blocks from Gay and Anderson and even uh, James MacArthur suddenly looks like he's got energy in his legs again. Every individual at Palace played fantastically well and they will be hoping they can play City away every week. Yeah. The City were profligate. <laughs> it's interesting when City lose. That's a classic City defeat. They always miss a lot of chances. Yeah. And, yeah. you know... Palace rode their luck and, and took their chances. And it's Clinical. interesting in what Wilfred Match of the Day saying it's the way we're keeping the ball. That's yeah. one of the big differences. He's They've clearly got, enjoying got his Eze to come back as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, but it's a happy camp. Like I was chatting to Sean Derry a couple of days ago. I bumped into Dean Kiley on the Thames a couple of weeks ago and everyone's happy at Palace. They, you know, they kept on a lot of the core of the old staff. Vieira's brought in a couple of his own people. Everyone has got incredible reverent respect for Patrick Vieira. You know, maybe it's the right generation of manager for some of these players. You know, mm. someone in their mid-70s or someone in their mid to early 40s. Yeah. 42, 43 Vieira, something like that you know they have a lot of respect for him this generation and it's mm. absolutely clear in the way they're playing the tepid bilge I had to watch early Saturday evening when I got home and watched match of the day and I saw teams like Palace playing the way they did and Brighton playing the way mm. they did and the way they yeah. were moving the ball um, yeah it was, a, it was a sobering evening when I didn't know it what was, was going to happen it was a strange game there though when Marnie got the second you just thought business as usual yeah. but Liverpool do have this despite Van Dyke coming back we, see, we saw it against Brentford we saw it in Europe we've seen it against Brentford. they are a bit vulnerable yeah. which is surprising for so you know they're playing well going forward uh, but their plan is it's, they've got a very old fashioned approach Liverpool in, in that you know they get out there they try and win the game in half hour and they thought they'd won the game in half hour maybe they felt psychologically that third one counted uh, I don't know mm. Robert Sanchez once again <laughs> being caught being a central midfielder on his goal line uh, got away with it but Brighton are a very very good team and again last week if Sanchez doesn't drop the ball to City they're in that game and in this game some of the football some of the confident flowing first touch football from Lamptey and Trossard and you know last week against City we talked about it they took off the strikers to match them up and they did it again at Liverpool mm. and that allowed Enoch Mwepu who we've picked out before to, to really run this game for long spells of it incredible energy him and Basuma looked brilliant Lalana played exceptionally well and they just aren't afraid to have the ball they're not afraid to have the ball at 2-0 down at Anfield. And that will lead to Robert Sanchez moments. It'll also lead to Leandro Trossard moments and 2-2 two, two draws. Yeah. yeah um, lovely quote from uh, Sean Dyche on Maxwell Cornet. He's yeah. very pleased with it. He said, uh, Max is a terrific attacking threat, which we've seen from him already. That was definitely the case here again. But we need to get him uh, into the habit of pressing more. He does love to spend time clapping the fans. His hands must be pretty sore by the end of the game. He said, I'll soon, what did he say? I'll soon get that out of him. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, that was it. they needed that win, yeah. and it was pretty comprehensive in the in the end. Uh, but Cornet is, is, I mean, he's a, he's a I'm great signing. I'm seeing him against Chelsea. I think he's great a great signing good for them. Looks yeah. fantastic. The, the player on the type of player they have needed for a long, long time. Mm. He has 
wonderful control, turn of pace. His, his goals are all different types of goals. Some are outside the box, scored ahead of the other week at Southampton, I think it was his first goal. Um, it looks an exceptional, exceptional talent. Congratulations to Burnley for, for, for making this purchase because, you know, it's one of those conversations where, you know, he's so good he should be playing for somebody better. But yeah. no, he's so good, Burnley have deserved him. They've had nine years of Sean Dyche's policeman shoes and it's about time <laughs> they got someone worth paying to go and see and they were brilliant in that first half but I feel sorry for Brentford you know because the, the injury is list such a crucial huge yeah, and I think it's Alvaro Fernandez with. in goal I mean the way he was for the Loughton header reminded me of the worst days of Roberto you know yeah. they're going to struggle with this guy in goal I expect a new goalkeeper by January 1st a lot to go before then to lose Raya is huge but injuries from Mbumo and Yanelt and Ayer and almost all yeah. the players, six mm. or seven out. No one can survive with six no, or seven out. Difficult. They're going to be in a lot of trouble next yeah, year. Yeah, three. I mean, it's three defeats in a row. But mm. you, you, you sense they will still be okay, or oh, are you yeah. always no, be worried no, no. about them? I think that. I mean, I always thought they were going to be in the bottom six, bottom seven. They're going to need to get the 35, 38 points that's going to be required. I still think they will, and I still think they'll add a couple of players. And you know, but Brentford have a little slump in their seasons. They always have done. They always will do. They will go on another run at some point. But with a goalkeeper who can't make a save and he can't catch a cold, they could be in some trouble for a little while. And if you're playing against them right now, cross the ball. Uh, Watford, Southampton, uh, the standout moment obviously was that Chadham's goal. Lovely goal. Yeah. Armstrong looking lively. Um, I mean, it's interesting. Jason Burton, the Telegraph, when they were still looking for a Tottenham manager, doesn't look like they are now, <laughs> threw uh, Harson Hootl into the mix as a yes. man that, that could step up. I mean, what do you make of Southampton? They've done quite the well with ex-Southampton managers. Better than they've done with ex-Chelsea managers, yes. I might say. <laughs> well, let's see. Maybe this could be the turning point with ex-Chelsea managers. I, I just don't know about Ralph Hasenhutl. There's so much to like in terms of he's incredible at getting a team to play 4-4-2. He'd be the best manager of 1997. But can he get them to do anything else? And I would suggest whenever Southampton start to play well, they go back to classic consistent. football. Well, well, exactly. But I think he tries to do other things with it, then realises that he doesn't got the players for it. And it's not a great squad of players. And even Adam Armstrong, he could have scored four against one. Watford ended up scoring nothing. It took a great goal from Che Adams, who should have scored elsewhere in the game. Um, but missed Brochure, though. He was injured. And missed he's, him massively. He, yeah, yeah, yeah missed well. him massively. But look, I think it was a very, very good win for Southampton. A vital win. It's the kind of win that's going to keep them above Watford, and they're their direct competitors. Watford, um, I mean, they should have been thrashed out of sight for long spells of the game, and they're just relying at the moment on a bit of magic from Ismail Assar, who, you know, he was linked to Newcastle this week. I, I didn't see it last time he was in the Premier League. I didn't see it really in the Championship, and I don't see it now. He looks like a perfectly average player, but it seems like he's in the right place, and Watford are going to struggle. Tom, thank you. Pleasure. Always a joy. We've got through them all. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then for the clips of the month for October. Uh, on t- at TSH and J, TSHANDJ mm. on Twitter, you'll be able to vote for your favourite. There'll be two semi finals with three each, and we'll have uh, the winning finalists just before four when we hand over to uh, Goffey and Adrian with Drive. We're going to kick off with Alan Brazil, head of the big fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder earlier this month. And we think Al may have been pushing mm. his luck with what he said here. 08717-223344 and have your say. Don't forget John Fury, Fat Dad of Tyson, coming up. <laughs> I don't think I'd be calling John Fat Dad of Tyson. Blimey. Staying with Big Al, uh, we were shocked to hear him set this quiz question. In what year did Paul Pot win Britain's Got Talent? I don't ever remember him on there, the despotic dictator of Cambodia. <laughs> what, uh, I think he did what a did bit he magic. Do? Magic, was it? Blimey. I, 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 yeah, I bet he was fun on the old cruise trip that he won. To, uh... Anyway, uh, Jim White now, and I don't know who Trevor Sinclair's agent is, but he's clearly brilliant at his job. 
Trevor Sinclair has been with us and will be with us all the way through until one o'clock and will be with us every Wednesday for the rest of time. <laughs> what a great agent. Great contract, Give that man a call. It's a very good contract. <laughs> Here's Jason Cundy and Jamie O'Hara on the Sports Bar discussing one of the month's big burning questions. What's your favourite chocolate biscuit? Well, I'm don't, I don't mean like... Oh, a chocolate biscuit. Just ones that you can, you know, you're, 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 you're kind of the ones you have with a cup of tea. Custard creams, though. No, not that chocolatey, really. <laughs> not massively chocolatey. Um, this is Simon Jordan discussing Mick McCarthy uh, before he got the push at Cardiff. The fans, from what I can gather, have turned um, and are calling for his for his head, which is always ugly. <laughs> no need for that, Simon. Harsh, Kick a man really? while he's down. A bad-looking man. And finally, this is a caller to Hugh Woosencroft on kickoff. What do you think about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer? Is he the man for the job? To be honest with you, right, I think as a as a man as a manager, right. I'm, I'm, the thing is, I want I do. The thing is, right. He, 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 what, what the problem is now is that it's like you, you know, you say the win, say the win at Tottenham, and then the win at City. Even if they win them, it's like um, it's curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Got to finish it for him in the end, poor old Hugh. So there we are. Was it uh, Big Alan and uh, Fat Dad of Tyson? Was it uh, Pol Pot winning Britain's Got Talent? Uh, was it uh, Trevor Sinclair with Jim until the end of time? Was it Jamie O'Hara's favourite chocolate biscuit being a custard cream? Was it Mick McCarthy's big ugly head, according to Simon Jordan? Or was it uh, that caller to Hugh Woosencroft on kickoff? Go to at TSHNJ, TSHANDJ. Uh, two semi finals should be up shortly. Vote for your favourites. We'll keep you in touch with that. Then we'll have a final. Uh, and then we'll bring you the winner. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I suppose it's uh, the dream of a lot of people who just sit there doing a bit of recreational gaming to think, wouldn't it be great if I didn't have to go to work and I could do this all day? Well, um, step forward, Luke Robinson. He's, he's got a YouTube channel which he plays football manager and uh, mm. he's now gone full-time and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Luke. Hi, guys. How are we? Yeah, good. We're, yeah mm. we're good. So t- tell us how this, how this opportunity came about. Yeah, so um, I've had a YouTube channel for about two years now doing videos, like you say, on, on Football Manager, um, mainly just as like a, a bit in the evenings as well, um, work because I had a full-time job as uh, as an engineer. I was a, I, had, I did an apprenticeship for about four years um, at a place near near where I live. And yeah, I just did it. I've played the game for years, played the game since the, the first version of Football Manager came out. Um, and it's always been like, I've always watched other guys do it and from in the last couple of years, my, my channel's grown a little bit more. I've, I've live streamed on Twitch. And then uh, recently, I got offered a, a contract with Facebook Gaming. It's kind of like a, a new thing that Facebook are doing. I think they're pushing out a lot of video content, probably not to rival YouTube, but to as like an alternative platform. Um, and I've just been very lucky enough to be to be off the chance. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a case of I've been able to uh, call it a day in my, my actual well, my full-time job, and now this is my actual job now, which wow. is, yeah, like you say, is a dream. It is. What's the appeal, though, of watching other people play video games? I know a lot of people always say that, to be fair, and, and like, my mum and my dad couldn't, couldn't grasp it at first. The, and the, the Like, the thought of other people watching myself play the game that they're probably playing at the same time. But I think it's 
uh, YouTubers like brought on this this kind of um, atmosphere of like watching people for entertainment outside of television. So watching people play computer games, watching you know uh, people talk about other other situations in their life, and I think like the the gaming side of it has really grown massively in sort of like the last five years with with loads of different games and. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one because Football Manager is not exactly a game which is very visual either. A lot of it's spreadsheets and, and numbers. So it's it's almost like looking at a, a very colourful Excel spreadsheet. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still entertaining, I guess. And the, the, I, I used, sorry. No, I was going to say the game, you were saying this, the game's become more complicated, Man. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you want to play it, if you want to play the, the four, I mean, could you think you've played the early games like I did years and years ago. They were fairly simple, weren't they? I mean, you know, yeah. but now, uh, if you want to play the game properly, it almost is a full-time job, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. The The best thing about Football Manager is the way that you can immerse yourself into the actual game itself. Mm. So you, you pretty much, like, live in this world where sometimes you forget like real life transfers have happened because in your game, some somebody's <laughs> signed somewhere and it, you, they pop up on telly and you think, oh yeah, they're actually playing, you know, at a different club. It's, it's the best thing about the game, but obviously at the same time, you can waste away hours of your life playing it because yeah. of that, that same reason, the immersiveness of football manager. Yeah. Do you wear a suit or a tracksuit? Yeah, that's important. I'm a tracksuit manager. Yeah, I'm a tracksuit manager. Maybe I, I think I prefer the tracksuit for uh, for a cup final. Yeah. Absolutely. You've, you're a, you're a, a husband and a dad. So I mean, what happens? You sort of uh, have your breakfast with the family and say, right, I'm just uh, go clock off now. Put the tracksuit on. Get, <laughs> yeah, on the, get on the coach. Go around the block. Then come yeah. in. Yeah. So um, I, we kind of take in turns getting up with with the little one because he's up really early. So for instance, today was my day to get up, but at nine o'clock uh, I started like a new stream schedule. So nine o'clock this morning I was up streaming. Uh, the wife came down to take to take to look after the. Uh, the little lad, and uh, yeah, there I was, there I was streaming this morning. So it's it's a nice little. Um, she's very supportive, and, and like, I, I hats off to her because, like, for the last two years, where I wasn't making hardly any money, but I was still wanting like the time that you have to put into it to grow uh, like a YouTube channel. Like, you know, I was working forty hours a week and then doing fifty hours on the YouTube channel and streaming uh, for the rest of the week. So. I don't get a lot of free time, but she's never really complained. And uh, yeah, I think I've got a good one there. Is she a football fan or not? Mm. I wouldn't say a fan, but she mm. she watch it. So has she it, played the game? Like, has she tried to play? <laughs> try no. to play the game? No, she hasn't. But my dad has, and right. I get my dad involved in the videos. Um, <laughs> if anything, I've got to got to give a bit of success to to him because my channel was sort of like not stagnated, but when the game sort of died off in in July, I invited him on to uh, a video because he's a Spurs fan, mm. uh, unfortunately for him. So well, I, he needs I, to I guess, occupy yeah. a fantasy world, yeah. much like me. He yeah, exactly. Live in the real one. Yeah, I think he's actually really happy today, to be fair, when I spoke to him. But um, yeah, so I invited him on when the whole Harry Kane saga was going on just after the Euros to do a video. Um, and when he came on, like he, I just said he was a bit nervous. And I said to him, you know, just react to it as you would as a Spurs fan. And like we did this video based on Spurs, see if I could rebuild them as such. And um, it kind of blew up a bit in the YouTube algorithm. So it got a lot of views and people were asking for him to come back. And we, we do it on a weekly basis now. He comes back once a week. He loves it. Brilliant. Um, and is, is that right? you're a wrestler as well. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So um, 
that's that's my hobby in in the uh, in my spare time that I do get. Uh, Reach Wrestling down in Plymouth. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a few matches now, which you can see on on like YouTube as well. They they I've, I've, so as soon as they found out I, I I do like YouTube videos and I can edit, they were like, right, let's do a YouTube show. Then I was like, oh yeah, I see that. All of my spare time that I did have, I no longer have um, doing the wrestling shows. But now it's, it's another passion that I absolutely love. So. Uh, and it's a little bit different. Absolutely. Must be a great chat at a party, that. What do you do, mate? Oh, I play football manager all down. I'm a wrestler. It's a great one. I mean, yeah, it's a great way to get into the conversation, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good way if you've got nothing to talk about, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And who's your football team in the real world? Oh, unfortunately, it's Manchester United. Oh, oh OK. So... Well, you say, how are you feeling about this story today? I mean, it looks like... Uh, I mean, obviously, it was a good result of the weekend, but you know, yeah. a, a couple of results, a couple of bad results going against you, and you know, the conversations happening again around Ole. So, what, yeah. what have you made of, sort of maybe Conte being out of the market? You disappointed, or didn't you want him? I am disappointed because I think Conte is exactly what United need as a as a as a man manager. I think maybe not tactically because I don't think the team that we have suits the way he plays, but. He doesn't take no nonsense. He comes in like we've seen at other clubs and he sorts things out. And obviously he's left clubs because of how the board have, have like treated different teams and in the past and uh, the teams that he's been at. And I think that's exactly what Manchester United would need right now. That Ollie's a yes man, unfortunately. Um, and I don't think Manchester United need that right now. They need somebody like Conte to come in and and uh, show a little bit of grit and grind, to be honest, and sort that team out. You can see in his, when he's a manager the passion that he shows I think he would have been perfect for United. But at the same time, Spurs is needing exactly the same thing. So if he does go there, which what at the minute it looks like he might be, then uh, I'm sure he'll do well there. Well, best of luck, Luke. Good to talk to you. Best of luck with this. Uh, Amiga Luke, at Amiga Luke. People can go and check it out and see you and your dad. So good to talk to you. And you, thank you very much for having me on, guys. There we are, mm, Amiga Luke fun. there, if you want to watch him play. What a nice thing to do. Something that's yeah. your hobby. How often do you get a chance to, to step up and do that? Yeah. Oh, this. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's another way of looking at it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Did you see this story in the sun this morning that a mum opened a box TV, bought as a Christmas gift when her dog kept sniffing at it and found a big steak inside? A steak? Yeah. De- Deborah Congren, 41, put away the £280 Samsung as a gift for her daughter, but her cocker spaniel Oakley wouldn't leave it alone. It was a ste- I don't know what she's complaining about. She could have spent 280 quid on a steak at Salt Bay and she wouldn't have got a telly. That's, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Why, what, how did a steak end up in a box they don't, the they don't know imagine di- driving the dog mad Samsung had replaced the TV really? it's a bit of an odd one that isn't it really yeah. I've yeah. been mistaken I can't I must not remember what the guy's name is um, he's on I think he's on channel 5 he's the dog guy on uh, channel 5 I'm trying to remember his Graham Hall his name is Andy oh, and Graham I was in, um, Hall I was in <laughs> I was uh, walking my dog in the woods the other day and yeah. this uh, guy came up to me and said Graham you're, you're, you're the dog father you are you are the dog trainer on channel 5 is that what he's called, I think the it's the father. bins it's the bins Graham Hall uh, the dog father yeah you'll see a picture of him there okay. he's quite a flamboyant dresser a bit more as if I was dressing for Cheltenham <laughs> but every day that's the way he dresses and another Kitty came up to me. This, this kid came up and said, "You're the man on the oh, telly, the dog trainer." Yeah, oh yeah, he does. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. <laughs> if you saw how badly behaved my dog was, because oh, he's just you... moaning about spurs to the dog. <laughs> I can see that's the dog says, "Give it a rest. <laughs> Give it a rest." He's saying <laughs> the dog's a big fan of Nuno. But yeah, so <laughs> it, it, I do? wasn't quite expecting that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just. Uh, I'm, 
yeah, I'll have to take a bullet Richard for him Dreyf- one day, possibly. Richard Dreyfus and the dog father. That's yeah. us too. Yeah. For Linda, no, not Susan Scott, isn't it? Not oh, yeah, Linda, lookalikes. Linda I don't know, I don't know how much work I'm going to get as uh, Britain's foremost Graham Hall lookalike. <laughs> not certain if I go with my dog, anyway. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just time to bring you the uh, winning clip of the month for October. With 60% of the vote, it was this one. Alan Brazil probably pushing his luck ahead of the big fight between uh, Wilder and Fury. 08717-223344 and have your say. Don't forget John Fury, fat dad of Tyson, coming up. I wouldn't call him that. He's a brave man, Alan. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Charlie with me uh, tomorrow. Andy will be back on Wednesday. I do hope you can join us from one. If not, the podcast will be available about 4.30. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.